Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Caitlin on from Pequity, and we're learning about the use case or business case for why prospects become customers and why customers stay customers of Pequity. And without any further ado, Caitlin, would you introduce both yourself and Pequity? Hi. Yes. Thank you, William. Um, Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. So a bit about me and Pequity. I always like to tell people, you know, my background has thoroughly been compensation HR. Um, I know have a little corny joke that I like to say where you don't see many kids dressed up as comp analysts for Halloween. And that was certainly true for me. Um, I was in school. I knew I wanted to have my own business. I grew up in a family business and I just felt I was going to be unemployable. I was like, oh my goodness, what can I do that will help me towards this goal? And I realized that humans are 90% of your assets as well as 90% of your liability. And so HR seemed like a great space. It had statistics, which I loved. Um, and so I went all in, graduated with my master's and landed on the Google Comp and Bens team. And that was where I got to see a well-funded, well-rounded, well-resourced compensation program from start to finish. Um, and it was just amazing how much they cared about their people. And they built all these tools and processes to make sure that they were maintaining an equitable and fair program. And then I went after four years to a startup and it was the exact opposite <laughs> experience. Um, there's the intentions were there. Uh, yes, they did or, care. That's why they hired me, right? They were like, hey, we really want to be a fair and equitable place. We just don't know what, where to yeah. start. And that company was um, Cruise Automation. So they're much bigger now. They've taken off. They're building autonomous vehicles um, that are now on the road. And I was employee 180, but we had to come up with a system from the ground floor and I had no tools, no engineers, uh, not unlimited resources to put this together. So I just hired this amazing team around me. We built a couple of in-house tools to take over our offers process, the comp cycles, um, range creation, all these things that are very tedious in the world of comp. And it was really successful. We, you know, we scaled from 180 to 1500 employees in about a year and a half. Um, I was very tired after that. And I realized, you know, having invested so deeply in the space, I really wanted to find that business idea. So I left, um, began to do some experimenting with ideas and consulting as well. And all of my, like not all, but a lot of my friends in the company HR space started to call me and say, hey, that thing that you built, that was so cool. Can you come to my company and do that? Can you replicate it? And after, you know, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth phone call, you're like, oh, this, this probably should be my idea. So I leaned in, I'd gone to Instacart at the time. Um, They're an amazing employer who actually were one of our first users. And after six months there, I was like, this is it. I need to start building. And I didn't look back. You know, I firmly believe that I had a system in place that helped automate many of the workflows that take up a lot of time, not just for comp teams and HR teams, but for managers and employees and candidates. And I stream, wanted to streamline that entire process as well as offer these analytics and boundaries that can help people stay within an equitable and fair world. And as soon as we launched it, the market need was there, it was imminent. 
Um, everyone, you know, with COVID going remote, felt it. Everyone was adjusting comp. There is this lack of process and system around how to handle that. So the timing was just so right for us to kind of dive in and say we're here. Um, and we now have four different product features. We're helping with all kinds of programs, but it really comes back to that core of I wanted to build a company that helped make the world a better place. And what a better place to start than with compensation, which is what everyone goes to work for every day. I love that. Let's go with the let's go with the four features. Take us through the four features. So our first feature was what we call ranges internally. Uh, we essentially help we automate the process of creating and sharing ranges within a company with very strong permissions. So if you have market data, uh, or we can help you get the market data if you don't have it, we'll create these best practice pay ranges for you to fit the roles and levels at your company. Real it's quickly, a four to six real quickly, Caitlin, for the okay. non-comp geeks. Yes. Um, <laughs> Outside data, external data could be BLM. It could be um, or BLS. Yeah. It could be uh, from Payscale or Salary.com or whatever. But external, it, but also internal. If it's a large enough company, they also have some data points there, right? Exactly. We actually okay. one of the selling points with Packity is that by running your decisions through the platform, we collect all of your internal data points for you from a comp Sweet. perspective, so that you can actually use that in future iterations because to your point yes you should be looking internal you should know right. where your attrition is where you're right. accepting the clients are um and we do work with you know salary.com bls any of those kind of free mass source sources right. or you can go to the companies such as option impact radford uh mercer tires watson those are the ones that are most commonly seen in tech um and if it's data our team can use it and in four to six weeks get you propped up with ranges that are shareable and usable for your team. Um, and is so, that that's location specific or is it mm -hmm. uh, roles and skills specific? What, how do you? It's both. Um, you know, we, I have a, a methodology that I enjoy and I, it kind of takes flavors from the Google time and also consulting with tons of startups. Um, we will construct it to fit your business. You know, we work with crypto companies. We work with biotech companies. We work with traditional tech, autonomous vehicle. Uh, a lot of these companies have these hybrid roles. You know, if you're in biotech, you might have researchers or people with, um, you know, I want to say like medical backgrounds and right. they have to come into the tech world and you're issuing equity to them, which is not typical in a hospital system. Um, autonomous vehicles, the thing I experienced at Cruise, there was no such thing as an autonomous vehicle engineer when I right. was purchasing these surveys. So we were inventing it. And that came from, you know, looking at Radford and Mercer Tars Watson, as well as General Motors had a ton of data on um, vehicle technicians. And we said, what do we need? Like if we have a mechatronics engineer who's also doing some firmware software combinations, how do we comp that individual based on the data that we can find? And we have a very, because we've done it so many times now, a super scalable process that can get it done for you way faster. Um, and we partner with a lot of these data companies to help you get access to that data quicker too and have in-house experts throughout the entire process who basically act as customer success managers um, who will help you make those decisions. So if you come to us and you're like, I just need a system, I don't know where to start, we can help you. If you come and you're like, I have 12 levels and I'm hiring in 15 different regions and I already have ranges, I just want to update it. We can also help you there. So that was our very first offering that we ever launched. Um, and obviously, once you build ranges, the next thing we had to focus on was 
well, it's great to have them, but how do you deploy them? And how do you ensure people are staying in range and using them appropriately? Um, so that was our first, I would say, large feature, which was our offers tool, which people have fondly dubbed the recruiter workbench. Right. Um, how, did, how does that get off the rails? Uh, just just oh. out of curiosity, is that a manager is that a is that an employee asking you know negotiating well etc. Is it um, a recruiter kind of overstepping like how to because I, I, I can see that getting off the rails really quickly yeah. <laughs> and I'm just wondering like what like how does it get off the rails? Yeah, well, you kind of hit all of them. I mean, it's sort of this mess of there is no tool that does it, so everyone is shooting towards the same goal. Right. Um, and there's this time constraint, right? Like when a candidate is ready for an offer, it's like, we have to get that to them immediately because time matters. Right. And so you have the recruiter sprinting towards it, the manager sprinting towards it, the comp team, and they're all operating out of spreadsheets and email and Slack. Um, and so miscommunications happen. Sometimes someone doesn't see that email or they didn't get the alert. Um, you know, maybe you do have a ticketing system to make these decisions. Google did, but you can't get through them fast enough because of the volume, right? right? And the next thing you know, candidate's gone. So, yeah, candidate's gone, or the recruiter or manager very fairly have to make a decision to just make an offer, right? right. They'll just right. say what the, number they can Then it's the Wild West at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it becomes the Wild West. It's interesting because, and you're probably doing with this across all four of the features, but the product in general is comp and TA haven't necessarily worked oh no <laughs> well together in the past we'll just kind there's, of keep it vague there's uh, friction there okay all for right sure. <laughs> so just want to just want to lay that base for for folks so okay so what's after deploy well so once we have the tool in place for teams it actually like early days i told people this will help solve that friction that you're referencing where I no longer, as a comp manager, I used to feel like the bottleneck, you know, right. I would get an offer. They'd say, Hey, I have two hours to get an offer out. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, like I, yeah. I have to get the data. I need to get the, you know, information for my HRS. I have to make sure it's documented somewhere to stay compliant. And I also have all these meetings I have to do, you know, like I have a yeah. day job. Yeah. Um, and that, that is now solved with equity because we integrate to your workflow. We integrate to your ATS. The second you're ready to make an offer, you we have a little icon that pops up in your ATS for the recruiter. It pumps them into Pequity. It pulls the relevant data from your rec directly into our platform. And we match it based on that rec info to right. the correct range and data that needs to show for the recruiter. And oh, so that's perfect. So they can see it almost in real time. Almost. I mean, pretty much seconds, you know, right. and the other cool thing that we really, you know, I really care about fair pay and the way that these decisions really impact people, especially you know, there are certain groups um, that don't negotiate as well. They're not on that tendency to fight for the, you know, I'm still, 10, fasc I'm still fascinated. I know you probably are going to have a take on this. I'm fascinated that negotiation has anything to do with the job. Mm -hmm. Like I, unless the job is negotiating, like, okay, fair enough. But like, if you're a software engineer, why does it come down to whether or not you you're a good or a poor negotiator? Oh, I, you're speaking my language. Okay. I can agree more. I, I just don't get that. I have a personal, um, well, you do need flexibility in comp, right? Because yeah. there are people who'll come and they will say, 
you know, I care more about cash right now. I'm right. less certain on equity. I have a, you know, maybe I have a newborn at home. I really want to make sure that I am taking care of these new expenses. Very fair. And that's the world of negotiation that I think is like gray, where it's like, okay, like I understand we need flexibility to meet this. Um, and we're also adapting as, you know, comp professionals to what every other company in the industry is doing. So a great example this year was that a ton of companies, uh, if they were issuing equity, they used to have a one-year cliff. So you didn't get any equity in year one on right. the one-year mark invested or started to vest to you. And a ton of companies took that away. And the rationale that we heard from many of them was they were like, well, I want to start vesting my employees immediately yeah. so that I don't have to issue as many sign-ons. It helps increase year one comp yep. without increasing cash. Not only that, but you can use uh, systems like Carta, which you know, yep. keep the cap table extremely straight and it does all of that stuff for you. And and people, it's kind of, it's interesting because psychologically they get an email from Carta or you know any of those systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, that's uh, an incentive, like, okay, you know, so many shares vested this month or this week or whatever the bid is. It's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> like I didn't even know that just happened, but all right, cool. Let the, uh, so I can see, I can see that move for the folks that care about equity. Yes. I, could, I could wallpaper a, a small house with you know, stock options that are completely worthless, but <laughs> But that being said, yeah. I can see where people would care about that. What's okay. So I got workflow, uh, ATS is that you're integrated with. You can integrate with anybody. We have 22 ATSs that we integrate okay. with today. If we don't have it, it takes us two weeks. Um, but all we do is we pull them in. We show stats on how the offer compares to the range. Mm-hmm. The recruiter can record competing comp information. They can also see anonymized internal peers at the company to oh, see nice how does this compare to other people on the teams? And once they send it, they hit send for approval, it'll auto route to the right approvers based on the roles, the level, the location, and how the comp compares to the range. So what if, what if could, it's a company that's trying to take location out of the equation for that equation? Yeah. Here, <laughs> so and still, I'll give you my background on this. This oh, I yeah. got in trouble with Indeed. They asked me to write an article. So, but I wrote an okay. article about, location-based pay actually hiding pay inequities that we hide behind it or historically we've hidden behind it. it's like bobby lives in new york janet lives in topeka they do the exact same job have the exact same experience with the same school because bobby lives in new york he gets paid 40 percent more mm, yeah uh, now i think i've historically looked at that as a cop-out like you're paying for a job just because someone chooses to live in new york that's a choice so well, now I know you're going to see that differently. <laughs> no, it's, I, I but I got in trouble. <laughs> I got my oh, hand no, no. slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I can see for some comp people, it, it causes a lot of debate, right? Yes. Like this is a hot topic yes. number. Um, and the way that I look at it, you know, it has to come from a principled approach. Right. And I think that a lot of comp is subjective, right? Like the argument that I often tell people, um, you know, if we're in, San Francisco, if we use a cost of living justification for things, um, then if someone bought a penthouse and lived alone in the downtown financial district, they had two cars. That's $15,000, right? Just done. Oh my God. Yeah. I can imagine that being like like 20, 30. I can even imagine how that would go. And if that's what they choose to do, if they're in the same role level, location, theoretically, like same office as 
another person who chose to live with two roommates across the bridge in Berkeley and takes the Caltrain to work every day. Right. Is it fair to comp these people differently because they made this cost of living decision? And the answer, of course, is no. Like we would look at that situation and say, absolutely not. But then you start to get to this world where it's like, well, what if it's, you know, Susie and Bob and yep. Susie has kids and she's yeah. in the outskirts and Bob's in the city. And it, it changes that narrative <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like to tell people the best place to start is cost of labor. We do look at the surveys. I think there is a balancing act. It is an art and a science. You know, when people, you can't go all in on only data, right? right? It's. It's a statistical model first to be very clear. And I always have to explain this to people. It is a percentile basis. So there are tails that you can ignore or look at. Right. And because it is a statistical model that's constantly being rerun, it's going to move. It's going to go up and down. <laughs> so, yeah. But but you start with, as you said, you start with principled. Yes. So it's it's not random. Uh, no. It's it's principled. And so you lay down the foundation of something that's principled. And then, then you deal with things ebbing ebbing and flowing that makes sense okay so what's the fourth after workflow what's the fourth feature oh so we actually have um that was only the second so we have oh, even two more. one uh the another one that we're launching now is our comp cycle management tool so we found a lot of success with our offers tool helping companies reduce you know we kind of um compressed the amount of disparity in role and pay which was amazing because that helps towards pay parity Right. We shaved two days off of the average time to engineering offer, which is huge for recruiters. Oh, that's, that's yes. That's and two we, days. They already have another job somewhere else. Exactly. So, yeah. Two days is super, super important. We just found our median time to approval is an hour and 40 minutes across our customers, which is just unheard of fast, but oh, there's a ton great. of automations we put into that. And the other thing, you know, we save companies on average 100K within the first week of launching us just in preventing erroneous pay decisions, putting people in the wrong location or, you know, having the wrong level title, whatever it is. And we want to take those learnings and put it in the comp cycle to make for this more collaborative world where you can both build your model for your complex workforce, as well as deliver it to your managers to let them plan and educate them on how to plan. Because I think that's a huge gap in comp, this education component. Right. And Especially so when you're dealing with something that's principled, but flexible. Yes, right? exactly. And it's, you have to train, it's constant training and they're not, yeah. as much as managers are involved in the day-to-day -day of their employees, oh, they're no. not handing them a paycheck. They're, you know, they're doing and they can't keep, And there's no way they can keep up with what's going on with comp. I mean, comp people struggle to keep up with oh. what's going on with comp. So it, yep. they've got a day job. So that's fair. And so do the and recruiters. So that's, I mean, it's fair of that comp. This is what you, you need the expertise, but you need it in real time or as exactly. close to real time as possible. And that's why we wanted to lean into making that more educational, more collaborative so that we can create a world where we do always come to the right decision and everyone right. has that level of transparency to guarantee it. So that that's our third feature. And the fourth that we just um, announced, we're very excited. You know, you've probably seen William all the new announcements about states and cities that are requiring mm -hmm. salaries to be posted in their jobs yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Google and indeed uh, putting the oh, a lot of job boards are moving this but salary uh, there's a difference between salary bans salary and no salary like they treat the job posting mm -hmm. differently which is fascinating on some levels of course um, 
but I've also seen people kind of game that by putting, you know, <laughs> 50 oh, to 120,000. It's like, oh, okay, well, so that's the game. We're just, gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to, these laws are loose at the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. when they first had that, uh, the pay law in California about you had to disclose a reasonable range. The first question right. everyone had was, what is reasonable? reasonable yeah, define range? that, define that for me. Because my reasonable <laughs> is not your reasonable. But is that, exactly. Do you see that more as a compliance or is that furthering uh, the education? I think it's furthering education. I also okay. think that um, the way that we're looking at our process is we want to just make it easier. I want to walk the walk that I'm talking, right? I'm like, we're saying we're going to have this amazing product which I do believe we have to help solve all these comp issues, we should use it ourselves and solve for the same issues. And we're a fully remote distributed team. So those pay laws actually impact us. And it's coming right. in the UK in August, 2022, it's going to be enforced and we have employees there. So. Oh yeah. We and you're, you're built- doing all the way down to municipal in the States. You've got Seattle oh. with a, a, a minimum wage that's different from outside of Seattle. So yep. like, okay, <laughs> deal with like, be up to date with that. Good luck. All right, let me ask you three buy side questions. Uh, One is when you you demo Pequity for folks, what's your favorite part of the demo? Oh, I have so many favorites. I I think my my favorite part is going to have to be when we show the analytics. You know, the amount of valuable data you just get from your own workflows you know, seeing how your recruiters are doing, like what roles are they struggling on? What roles are going back for multiple versions of an offer? Cause there's a never ending negotiation going on. Um, when you go and look at your competing offers, what companies do you go against? What are they offering? And when you look at your employees, where's the mm-hmm. attrition? Where do we see people who are really far below range and their comp is, you know, speedily increasing and they're now 20% below and they're a flight risk. Like that is so valuable to individuals and it's such a sell for having a centralized platform um i think that that's probably one of my favorite pieces of it because people just light up and they're like oh my gosh i spend months doing this right now and it's me pulling data from my ats and my hrs which we integrate to both so we have the ats for especially the recruiter workbench um the hrs for comp cycle management but because we're pulling both those systems together and displaying it with your workflow on top you kind of get like a heart rate monitor for your compensation programs. It's like, this is the heartbeat of the org and how we're doing when it comes to comp. And it's so much easier to diagnose something when you can keep a finger on the pulse of it. Yeah. And you could also, you could see that being tied into stay interviews and exit interviews to make oh, sure yeah. that you're validating the, the heartbeat. Um, questions, because you've worked the other side of the table. Yeah. Questions <laughs> that you love hearing from buyers. Like what should they be asking you about Pequity? I love when people ask how we help with fair and equal pay. Um, My, you know, our vision is equal pay and opportunity for all. I always tell people if I've learned anything from all these companies that do do this process well, it's that there's no sexy answer to pay equity. It's just consistency. We have to compare people to the same metrics, run them through the same process, show the same data. To your point, don't put the negotiation on the candidate. Put the pressure on your own systems and team to flag when, hey, this person didn't negotiate and look against the peers, they're 20% below the peers. Are we okay with that? And the answer is probably no, <laughs> I hope. Um, but that that excites me when people ask how we can help with that vision, that mission. Um, and I think that 
people should ask us about those questions. I also love when people ask, you know, how do you solve for insert very manual, ridiculous pain points that exist today? <laughs> like, right. There's so many of those, like, oh, I, how do you solve for the fact that, you know, I'm running my model in a spreadsheet and then I need to mm-hmm. port it over into my planning tool. And a very sophisticated I, uh, for oh, comp folks, a very, very sophisticated spreadsheet, I might add. They are lengthy. I've built a few in my time. And <laughs> I I think it's just so fun to see how excited they get because it's months that we're taking off their plate and it's oh, not yeah. cheap roles. You know, oh, <laughs> this oh, is no. like 30 to 40% of the company's um, spend usually. Like that's about how much a payroll will run a company. So to have something that offers more simplicity and gives you that valuable time back to make sure that you're processing it the right way and that your numbers are accurate and the budget is in sync like that. That is just money on the table for these people. Favorite customer story without naming names, of course, mm. where they've innovated, where they've done something, maybe where they were blind and now they're not blind. Just, you know, you're going to have a bunch of these, but just your favorite one. Oh man. I mean, I, I'm always just impressed and surprised by how far some companies are willing to go. We actually, um, one company, uh, we have these very strong permissions within Packwity. Like you can have people come through SSO and Okta, assign them a role level based on their type coming in, um, or you can override and give them individual access. So I could say, you know, Will, you're a technical recruiter. I want to give you access only to ranges for Eng product design, level one to three, in this, you know, in San Francisco, and I only want to show you this portion of the range, right? So it's like super, super robust. And they added this company, their entire company to the platform to see all of the ranges. And that is so cool to me because I think that, you know, I've, I've wondered this question, especially with these new salary laws, if you're publishing your ranges anyways to your posting, your employees are going to want to know it first too. Yeah. So this company is getting ahead of it by adding all of them into it. And they're actually letting them collaborate on some of the offers. So that's offers usually are between recruiter, comp manager, that's it. And I think that that is the most efficient route, but in this company, they're having the recruiters actually tag employees in where they're like, Hey, you're closest to this team. We're thinking of offering this. How do you feel? And I think it takes out some of that sting Mm -hmm. where you hire a new hire in, they get more comp, and the person who's on the same team is like, wait a second. Yeah. I wasn't fair. even lived in. Yeah, that's yeah. not fair at all. And it's it's so cool to see that collaboration because I think that's the way forward. I think that with technology and all these integrations and collaborative tools, you will be able to loop people in and keep this like security and compliance. And I'm just excited to see the company that kind of pushes the edge and has Pequity as their platform to help them do it. Kaylin, this was wonderful. I know how busy you are. I appreciate you oh. coming on the use case podcast. I appreciate you hosting me, Will, and it's just lovely to meet you. Um, I love talking about this topic, so thank you for giving me time to air about Pequity. Absolutely, and thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.